Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Square Ball Podcast. It's the 86th instalment of the Square Ball Podcast. Nice to have you along. I'm Dan, and I'm joined by Michael. Greetings. And Moscow White. Good evening. Uh, the search for Roddy goes on. There's no sign of him yet. I thought I'd heard from him um, oh? this week, because I could hear uh, an old man rambling incoherently, but I'd left the radio on. It was some new radio station. I switched it off and catch what it was. We're recording on um, Bonfire Night, of course, as well, for Roddy, which... If he's out there, he'll be terrified. God, yeah, those loud bangs. I think he's in the trenches again. Please do, before lighting your bonfires, check underneath that he hasn't sheltered inside one if he's looking for warmth. And he's highly flammable. But, you know, that the alcohol kind of thing makes him very, very flammable. Yeah. There was a re- report of him wearing a shell suit as well. Well, let's just hope he's back with us soon. Hey, we do a fanzine, don't we, as well as take the piss out of uh, a geriatric man. Um, we are on to the fourth... Several geriatric men, come on. That's true, yes. Uh, we're very equal opportunities when it comes to making fun of the old. Indeed, we are on to the fourth issue of the fanzine. It only feels like barely a week since issue three was released, because it barely is. Damn you, Football League fixture fucker. We can blame Sean Harvey. On the plus yeah, side... Basically, it's, yeah, The Football League's corrupt. I agreed. But, on the plus side it means we can be slightly more in date. Because the last magazine was in date for, I reckon, from the first one being sold, probably in date for about six hours. Yeah. Amazing. Before uh, before Darko was sacked. Well, it's something we can aspire to on this podcast anyway. <laughs> I did attempt with the new issue, which is out on Saturday issue four, to edit any reference to Darko Milanich that I could find. If you do spot one, uh, keep it to yourself, smart asses. Some of this was written while he was still... Leeds United's head coach, but I think we just about got away with it. The article praising uh, Giuseppe Belushki's uh, good character that was almost in issue three, but we thought, you know what, we'll save that for issue four. Is that where we had the big full-page picture of him wearing the Kick It Out t-shirt? That was the one, yes. The author withdrew the piece is is the best way of describing what mm. happened there. Instead, we have a brief run-through. We've got uh, John Howe on why there are actually nothing should surprise us about Island Road. At the moment, we've got stuff about 
Mirko Antonucci's knees, which are worrying Amitai Winehouse. Some stuff about Darko Milanic, but about him being sacked rather than him having a great mm-hmm. future at the club. And something we knew would stay relevant is Andy P wrote about 1995 mm-hmm. And when that arrived in my email inbox, that was a massive relief because nobody's going to rewrite history. Ken Bates. So that's. Are you okay safe. there, mate? Yeah, bit, yeah, I'm all, I'm all right. Is it the smoke in the, yeah, the, in the air, bonfire night? Yeah, we should point out the studio we are in is technically protected from the elements. However, the air conditioning units do seem to be sucking in all your bonfires and just pumping them straight into the room. And there is the, it's soundproofed as well, but there is the occasional distant boom, which is fairly typical for this part of Leeds, to be perfectly honest. But anyway, yeah, we'll give you a full rundown of what's in the mag towards the back end of the podcast and do look out for it on sale at Ellen Road, Saturday versus Blackpool via the squareball.net and buy a subscription, quite frankly. Just buy one. Yeah, then you won't have to ask us what's in it because you'll just get it anyway. You'll know. And if you don't like it, you've paid for it, so you're screwed. White watching. Well, the last few... Uh, few games have been laugh a minute haven't they um not just the last few you can go back about last six or seven do you remember when we beat that team 16 nil who no that was pretty funny though wasn't that wasn't that when we were playing water polo in an italian stream or something i can't remember you remember when chris dawson drowned uh we played wolves you said on the last podcast moscow that darko would be fired after this game fired he was i'm not saying i have influence with mr cellino or with terry george or with anybody well, no, I do have influence. I have influence with the cosmos. It communicates with me, so I know. I know what's going on. Oh, you guys who said that was a bit harsh. No, I could see it coming a mile off. I think I... Dan, thankfully, edited it out, but I'm going to confess to it now. I think I maybe wildly predicted it last until Valentine's Day. Yeah, you did on the last one. I, I took pity on you when I did yeah, the edit, actually, yeah. I cause... felt a fool. I was glad you'd left it out, yeah. but I feel, I feel like enough time's passed now that I can, yeah. I can come clean. You can admit to being a romantic fool. Yeah. Are we planning, like, a dinner for him? <laughs> Poor old Darko. Hey, listen, just re- rewind to the first half of this, and it was all going so well. We were playing pretty blooming well, although I did tap into your cosmic understanding, Moscow, and recall tweeting at half-time that it was going too well, and the problem was that it couldn't go as well in the second half, and if Wolves changed it up and we didn't, mm. then we might lose. We know what happens. It was I was being slightly glib, but... It ended up happening. Yes. I'm going to say that me predicting Darko Milanic would be fired after this game is impressive and I deserve lots of credit. I'm going to say that spotting at half-time that if uh, Wolves changed even one slight little thing, they'd win the game easily. Anybody could see that, really, apart from Darko, which is where he went wrong. Where did it all go wrong? Well, we will speak more about Darko and where it went wrong in, in the news bit when we fire up the sacking siren. But on this game, what was it? That, that sort of changed that made everything go wrong? Steve Morrison. <laughs> Not his fault, to be fair, but for some reason he was inexplicably playing on the right wing. We need a scapegoat. Steve Morrison, then. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah, might as well. Darko's gone, so him as well. But yeah, we seem to go from playing quite a, an attacking style in the first half to shit in our pants and going all defensive. We scored a goal. Worst thing you can do when Darko Malachi's manager is go ahead. Yeah. Well, the problem with Steve Morrison going out wide is it seemed to really annoy him, and so he just stopped playing. And that, was, that was basically. I don't it. think I've ever seen him be emotionally any way, shape, or form. Or... Um, he generally looks pretty narked. He's narked. He's a, he's the sort of bloke who starts fights in in pubs. Wasn't he yelling he at Adrian? Like... <laughs> Can you substantiate that at all? Or... <laughs> ah, he just seems like a bloke who's looking for bother. Like you what, mate? Where'd you fucking say it? it's me? You, you maggy fucking hell! He just Welsh. looks. 
<laughs> he's not. Not really. <laughs> he was not. Um, arguing with Adrian all through the second half, wasn't he? He was giving him a lot of, Well, not all through, because... Uh, you what, mate? I can't understand you. <laughs> Talk proper, mate. I don't know what you're saying to me. I, I, I'm just a poor Brazilian girl. I don't know. Perhaps those communication problems are the reason Darko took Tavares off so that Sloth could come on. I think it was 1-1 when he did the Tavares-Sloth thing. It was 64 minutes... Had they equalised by the time? No, it was 1-0 still when Murphy came on for the uh, attacking yeah, enterprising Mowat. There, collect- there was a collective internet sigh. I've never seen a player look as confused as Luke Murphy in the last half hour of this game because I don't know if he's an attacking midfielder or a defensive midfielder and he came on not knowing whether he was supposed to try to be an attacking midfielder or a defensive midfielder. So it's sort of the ball would come at him and he didn't know if he was supposed to trap it or tackle it and he'd just fall over, basically. I've he never seen-, seen him fall over more. He does seem game. to be a massive shirker. He doesn't actually want the ball at any point in the game. <laughs> hey, we're scapegoating big time. He just—he seems to spend the entire game trying to avoid the ball. If there's a space he should be in, he avoids it. And if he's, if somebody comes to tackle him, they're going to get the ball. At least he wasn't Michael Tong. I'd rather Tong. Tong's much better than him. Really? Is that Norris? right? Is it? Maybe not Norris. Well, we've got him still, haven't we? Maybe not Norris. Have we still got him? Tongs are all right, though, I'm generally. Gonna, I'm going to play the Wu-Tong card in a minute, if you're going to be like that. Yeah, I, actually, do you know what? Uh, I had that thought when we played uh, those lots the other night. Yeah. Oh, we've still got him, right. He's like a new signing. It was astonishing how negative it actually got, because by the end of the game, I felt like we were tr- playing as if we were trying to protect Wolves' lead rather than even try to get back into it. It was a great defensive performance. To give them three points. Sit on it. If we can keep the goal difference at minus, to minus one in this game, it'll count towards the end of the season. That was it. We were 2-1 down and sort of keeping the ball at the back. And every, There was the, the moment in the second half, I think we were 2-1 down by this point, and we won a corner at, at the cop end, and about three players ran into the penalty area, and the whole cop stood up and started going, fucking come here, come up. And you could see the defenders kind of looking across at the bench and going... Are we allowed? What should what should we do? Ridiculous! It's one. I mean, what did uh, Massimo end up saying about him? Ah, he's negative. I don't like him. It's like, yeah. I must yeah. admit, I left this game not really giving a shit if he was sacked. No, I gave a shit that he was sacked after the game because I went back to the office to write the match report. Thought I could get that out of the way. Not the square ball office, by the way. We don't have anything. No, no. as swanky um, as that. Um, His other job. Yeah, my other job. I thought I could get that out of the way by ready for Monday if anything happens I can modify it but at least get that sorted and then I bought a chip butty first ate that what La- con- condiments did you have uh, salt and vinegar I'm a loads of vinegar um, yeah um, I mean your chips are basically there as a sponge for your vinegar really yeah that's how I regard them good and then f- laptop fired up ready to do some pot typing Milanich sacks Saturday night ruined I'm never going to get that sorted because it was then that you've got three hours of chaos we knew he was sacked before he was he knew so that, that was you, nice. You'd predicted it. Surely you just would have automatically written a report. As if if you were so. any good at what you claim to do, you'd have had that report written already before the game with your cosmic tuning in. What about Berardi's throwing? What about it? <laughs> it was a great moment. Yeah. Where he, he, he sort of threw... Well, he, didn't, he never let go of it at any point, did he? He just... It was like he was cross with the ball and they temporarily thought it was a bloke's head and decided to smash it on the floor. <laughs> He's a lunatic, that man. It's, it's quite reserved for Berardi. It is, say. really. I'm surprised it wasn't a real head. I'm surprised he didn't burst it. Listen, with regards to uh, minus one goal difference, at least we held on to that from the Wolves game. No mm. such problems down at Cardiff, where we, we uh, lost 3-1. Redder's first game in charge. Out. 
Is it is it time to start putting him under pressure? His uh, his unbeaten record's gone. I, mean, I think his unbeaten record had gone straight away, hadn't it? From his pre his first caretaker spell. What was his rec- What was the record that basically won him this job? He played four games, managed four games rather. Win three, draw one, I think. Yeah, so that's all right. That's an unbeaten record. No, but of his four first games. his first caretaker spell. We're not. We're ignoring. Oh, the Coventry thing. Redders 2.0, we yeah, remember that prior to that, when he had tried to manage in non-league, I think he hadn't actually Shh. won a game <laughs> um, in his entire uh, managerial career. Well, perhaps that all comes back into play now. We've shown that he is actually capable of losing. That's not what the script was supposed to be. Redders comes in, Redders wins the first game, we win the league, because everybody else is too scared to play us after that. They're like, oh, just take it. Um, but instead pressure's on. We did alright though in this up to a point holding on alright was a bit boring but we did well to hold them off. I think this thing about us being holding teams off and being generally more solid I see it more as teams just waiting thinking we'll get a chance Mm -hmm. and they're not going to attack because they don't really create much so we'll just we don't need to throw men forward and try and get a goal now we'll just it'll come if we give it if we give it long enough. It's not like we are at the same time as being compact creating any chances. We get a lot of credit for being patient in our approach play, but it's actually just that the other team don't care. They just just hang on and wait wait till we're rubbish again. Yeah, it's like letting us just like a child having a tantrum. You know it's going to stop eventually, so just let it work itself out. Narrowly losing lots of games isn't anything to be proud of. This wasn't particularly narrow. <laughs> it could have been though. It could have been. A, it could have been a brave two one defeat had um, they not. Been I that. loved their third goal though. I it was exactly right. It's the one thing we've got right is messing up that goal. As soon as it bounced and you saw Silvestri come bombing out, thought they're, they're going to score here, it's just a matter of how. I never for a moment doubted that Silvestri and Belusky were going to make an absolute pig's ear of that. So I was pleased that they didn't let me down. And they did it exceptionally, actually. The way that Belusky actually just took the ball off Silvestri's foot. Mwah. Did Played, he? lads. I thought it looked like... Silvestri just kicked it straight at... Um... No, it kind of... It, oh, did he, did it he just, deflect it first? So you know how you're taught to trap a, a dropping ball on your top of your foot? I don't know what it's called, I'm not a doctor. Is that your instep? I thought the instep was the side. Anyway, <laughs> like it's supposed to trap and then you can kind of draw it back into your body. It kind of does that, but he just lets it go flying. Oh well, we never beat Cardiff anyway. No. no never it, almost, it almost doesn't count. <laughs> Uh, Berardi nearly sent off again, which is nice. He managed to keep himself together for long enough to stay on the pitch. Just just, he was lucky booking. though, because it was it was he definitely did another yellow card offence while on a booking. I think the player might have even been out of play at the time he, he fouled him as well, <laughs> which would have been particularly wasteful. <laughs> uh, it's nice to see free scoring Alex Moa um, find his shooting boots. Anyway, he's uh, he's doing all right. Good goal, this. Moving on to Tuesday as well, obviously. Two a, more good goals. A deuce, a pair against Charlton. Does, is he our top scorer yet? I'm not sure. We've got four. Obviously, Dakar has probably, not scored yet. Probably so. joint, I think. Yeah. yeah. Doing all right, little beardy, isn't he? He's doing all right. He's well, like an entirely different player this year. He seems really sort of quite, really quick and mobile all of a sudden. Yeah. Whereas last year he was a bit of a, not saying he's a plodder would be a bit unfair on him, but he was not someone you considered being box to box, whereas he seems to be everywhere now. I always kind of liked him, but I've never quite worked out what he was for. Just like a midfielder, common and garden, generic. But yeah, he seems to have kind of got a little bit more uh, zip, pep. I'm gonna I'm gonna credit Dave Hockaday and his pre-season regime <laughs> and leaving him out for most of the well, all six games he was in charge. Yep, he he worked him hard in pre-season and then he kept him fresh. Wasn't he injured? 
by Hockaday's oh, training maybe, machine, yeah. and then he recovered and I came th- yeah, back. Yeah, he had re- con- reconstructive surgery on his knees. Ah, uh, possibly he missed preseason, and that's why he looks quite could be fit. Stephen Warnock as captain last night is, is that is, out? Is that allowed? No, Redfern's going to go. It's I don't know why Redfern is trying to present himself as some kind of maverick hero doing everything that the boss don't want. Hey, my my methods may be unorthodox, but I get results. He's gonna, this um, assistant manager that he wants, it's going to be a dog. Sorry? He's going to get a, hire a dog as an assistant manager. And when Massimo Cellino's like, hey, I mean, I do some crazy things, but I do not do no employ a dog. He's like, Massimo, you can't argue with my results. I want a dog as assistant manager, and I want a, a top hat. And he'll just... <laughs> And Massimo just go, I don't know, you crazy. I hire I, him. He wants these things, I give him them. This dog is cheap. Especially. <laughs> <laughs> How much is this doggy in the window? How waggly is his tail? I feel I, I must love the dog. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to see. What I'm imagining is Neil Redfern sitting in the dugout with one of your Newfoundlands next to him. Okay. Maybe. I mean, do they travel as a pair? They can do. I mean, have they got much coaching experience? Not really. Yeah, but they're they, perfect. They will run around after a ball, though. That's all right. And yeah, so we can have one either side. Okay. While he sits on a throne in a top hat and just says, Massimo, this is what I've been doing at the academy for five years. And you, you can't, you like Lewis Cook, don't you? This is how Lewis Cook happened. Okay. And Stephen Warnock as captain is all part of that same crazy plan. Massimo doesn't like Stephen Warnock, captain. I need to apologise to Warnock because I criticised him a lot last season. And he's actually been probably one of our best players this year when he's when he's been allowed to play. No, you don't have to apologise. No, you can just say he should have pulled his bloody finger out and done it sooner. Yeah, we had two years to be this good. Yeah, I suppose so. But you know, you've got to give him some credit. You can't you can't be all stick and no carrot. Pat him on the head. Well done, Stephen. Silvestri. Yeah, he's finally done a boo boo. It was a, a double fuck up as well because it seemed like the defender. I think it was Cooper coming in behind yeah. him could have cleared it, but just kind of fell into a heap instead. It was Belusky behind him. It was Cooper who gave the ball straight to their player to have the shot. We're, we're solid. We're getting. We're, we're definitely solid these days. <laughs> well, Apart from the entire core of the defence simultaneously uh, imploding. Yeah, and then there's the penalty that I've not seen a clear angle on it of whether it's a penalty or not. But I am seeing Belusky lying on top of somebody on the floor and thinking. My my, I saw the replay. And my my reaction was. Pfft. Right. Pfft. It probably wasn't a penalty, but mm. then again, Belusky is very obviously on the wrong side of him. He's chasing a man into the box which shouldn't really be happening and if the referee turns around and all he sees is him lying on top of him then he's probably just going to you know two and two together and I don't know about you but my first reaction was as well when I realised it was a penalty was bet that was Belushi <laughs> and yeah exactly it was yeah the news well you called it Moscow and it came to pass with your cosmic interface Darko Milanic gone back right. to Austro-Hungaria. <laughs> Back to run that league yeah. in uh, Slovenia. And you will notice as well, by the way, that we've found the original sacking siren noise, which is good news. Darko was hiding it because he thought if he just hid it, he'd hold on to his job. We asked, him, he, we asked him if he had it, he said no, and he's a liar. Exactly, and then we, uh, as soon as he was gone, checked his, uh, checked his desk at Elland Road. What was in there? Sacking siren. And there it is. He's gone. Um, you probably weren't surprised. I mean, I don't know whether you were being tongue-in-cheek when you predicted this Moscow or not. Sort of. You see, the, the best humour, Dan, is based in truth. And so it seemed very easy to imagine that one more defeat against Wolves, and that would be that. And so I imagined it, and I said it, 
and I meant it. I did actually genuinely think if we lose that game, there's a very strong, I would have put it at like 80, 90% chance that he'd be gone. Like I said before, surprised that it was within like an hour of the of the game finishing, as indeed were, was the Leeds United official Twitter account. Also surprised uh, to hear it. That was a beautiful detail. 5.25pm, Milanic is confident of turning things round. Results have not been good, but we've played good football in these six games. 6.24pm, breaking. Leeds United can confirm that Darko Milanic has parted company with the club. Wow. It's awesome, isn't it? And then while Leeds United could confirm on Twitter that that had happened, Nicolas Salerno was probably still at that point. Well, him and Cellino. Hey, Nicola, you tell him. But boss, I don't want to tell him. Nicola, go on. And what do I pay you for? Huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I sack you, <laughs> etc. Yeah, six games, 32 days. 764 hours. I like now that we can actually start measuring our coaches <laughs> in hours. An international break in those 32 days as well. Yes. <sighs> Doesn't bode well, does it? Not for him. Well, he's doing all right now. He's uh, According to Darko, it's, I leave it up to you whether you believe him or not, he says he's on gardening leave. says he hasn't been sacked and he could be called back at any time. It almost sounds like a threat. I'm going now. Where? I'll be back. Where is Darko? <laughs> um, do you think he deserved it? I know we did speak last time out about him and we said we didn't really know what he'd brought to Leeds but I had a feeling and again it was edited out of the last one um, as Michael referenced earlier that I thought he would last into the new year I thought at least we'd get some months out of him but no it was it was it was very short-lived and possibly unfairly I don't know what do you feel none of us knew anything about him before he arrived and when he left we still didn't know a great deal about him and as a result it's kind of hard to feel at all upset that he left it was just a bit like mm. right I suppose Redfern can have it now don't which is like, what everyone wanted really so don't you know. feel like I ever knew him to say we didn't know anything about him when he arrived all we did know about him was we had heard from uh, contacts in Austria that he'd put together the most boring Sturmgratz side in a decade we, do, we did know that and that his negative defensive tactics had drawn some dismay from the supporters I think we knew more about him than Massimo Cellino did, which is perhaps the problem. Do I feel sorry about him? I don't feel sorry for him because uh, the lies that he propagated while he was here and then the lies that continued after he's gone. This interview he gave in Slovenia where he said uh, said he's not been sacked, he's been sacked. Lie. Uh, he's on gardening leave. I don't, he probably lives in an apartment. It's, you know, it's Slovenia. They all live in... He'll have a window box at best. Exactly. So another lie. Could be called back at any time. There's, well, you know, that's karmic you don't know if he could be or couldn't be so he's lying <laughs> i do not believe i made a mistake joining leeds lie of course he thinks he made a mistake how can you six weeks in england two-year contract paid up i just wished that somebody would believe in me okay no, you can't that's, tell me that's not making no you feel I, wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna say that's a lie i was just gonna say i'll oh, get over it man don't, up. don't you feel a bit sorry for him saying that sometimes a manager just needs some support lie he wasn't a manager he was a head coach salino said i'm a loser he should look at my cv getting a little bit hockey day there in six games i made a big step forward lie just before my last match i could hear praises from all sides lie. how compact leeds is now, now in fact, he, and how lies. the situation is improving lie. lie you even misquoted him there because i could hear praises from all side well you can't have all side 
There's just one of them. <laughs> All side singular. I was tr- I was even trying to like give him some credit there for just a little misquote. So even now he's in Slovenia going around saying, I don't understand why I was sacked. Everybody was saying I was doing a brilliant job. My compact lead side was getting praise from everywhere and the situation improving minute by minute. I'm a big step forward since I was there taking a team that had picked up a mere 10 points from 12 and turning them into relegation fodder. Did did Neil Redfern bring Tavares on as a substitute? No, he did not. I should have been worth another six games just for that. Well, the writing was on the wall at Norwich, according to Massimo. He thought about it in post-Norwich, didn't he? He said he made his mind up to sack him after Norwich because he has a losing mentality. So why let him... I mean... Okay, the, the the headlines were bad enough after sacking him after six games, but if you've already made your mind up to sack the bastard, why do we throw away another three points against Wolves? It's like, oh, the second, I thought he'd go attacking. Was he right to fire him then? You're giving your opinion, but what about Massimo? Did he do the right thing? He made a mistake with this guy, he says. Again. The fans deserve better, he says. Again. Come on, just, I don't know, I made a joke at the time where I just got his letter of apology that he put in the programme after sacking Dave Hockaday, where he basically said, I should never have hired him, I'm really sorry, and just said his his apology for Darko Milan, it's just, it, they haven't got around to changing the name yet. Stop apologising for hiring the wrong, the wrong manager, hire the right manager. He's like an alcoholic and he just keeps falling off the... Falling off the wagon. I'm sorry, it'll be the last time. I thought no more watermelons. <laughs> well, the next watermelon we have got is Neil Redder's Redfern. We, uh, the, the bloody official site have hijacked this as well, haven't they? Doing it for Redder's, which was slightly ironic in the same way that Danny Mills is fucking brilliant, was started out mm. as an ironic chant and evolved into something more sincere. So did doing it for Redders, but then it was completely discredited by the official site using it in a hashtag manner. I also remember Mrs. Neil Redfern kicking off quite strongly about the do it for Redders thing when he came back for one of his spells and started doing well. And she was like, where are all you sarcastic bastards now? Come on then. And those people were like, all right, it was, you know, just a bit of banter. Just banter. As Richard Keyes would say. As Richard Keyes would say to a woman. It was only banter. Um, it's all you can say to a woman when she kicks off is it, it was only banter. Uh, I feel terrible now. But yeah, and then it's it's now become like the, the official website's rallying cry. Anyway, he's on a one-year rolling contract, isn't he? Yeah, November the 1st it started, so November the 1st it ends, so... I don't think that's what a rolling contract exactly means, but you might be right, I don't know. It's going to be another option to buy thing where we're going to have to <laughs> Well, what does it mean if he's you? got a one-year rolling contract? It means at any given point, on any given day, he has a year left on his contract, which means he has to be paid up for a year should he be fired. It's like he's stuck in a Groundhog Day situation. So you when know, did it... Always s- a year left. He never gets older. So when did it exactly. start? He's effectively... He's Benjamin Button. So when did it start? Today. When does it end? A year from today. How do we ever sack him? We can't. <laughs> so is this... A, <laughs> We've is got to turn a, back time. Is this a solution <laughs> to Massimo's sacking problem? Make is him that we've now given a manager who physically actually cannot be sacked? Yeah, that's it. Well, I predict a long, successful future. So when, how come when Cholino was saying the other day, he's like, hey, I think you'll be here for 10 years. Seems like a conservative estimate. <laughs> I think you will be here for infinity squared <laughs> times a million. There was a little bit of a a hiccup in terms of the agreeing the package. And I have to say, fair play to Redfern for being somebody who's almost stood up to him. Whereas you, contrast with Milinic, and you always said he was a liar. But what I did, and and I know we've used it as a humorous device, but... I wasn't laughing. I know you weren't. But what I took from him as a character and these alleged lies was that actually 
Looking back on it, he was quite weak. Whereas Redfern's turned up and he's had it written into his contract that he can never be fired and uh, Stephen Warnock's captain. It's quite a turnaround. The, I thing mean, is, the thing is with Redfern, though, whatever increase he was negotiating, they don't appear to have actually replaced Redfern. I'll be planning on doing it, so I think he's actually doing two jobs. He's the closest thing we'll get to a manager he's just not picking the signings. Or the side. Or the tactics. <laughs> Apart from that, he's in charge of everything. The, the thing about who is in control was quite funny when Massimo talked about it this week because Sky Sports News said, basically said to him, you're Italian. Oh, Sky's well Watford are Italian. Right, are you following me? And then... Uh, Watford, they've sat loads of managers, and you sat loads of managers, so he's... He's turning so into Brian McDermott. It's pretty similar. He's still with me, Massimo. Right, but they're doing really well. Your team is shit. How do you account for it? The way Massimo accounted for it was brilliant. He said, yeah, Watford, you know, they have a structure. They are clever people. They work. They have a plan. They have... <laughs> United just have me. Yeah, basically. He said, <laughs> that they have... They have. They have. A, they run Udinese. They have a club in Spain. They have a system. They all work between each other. They have structure. They have something like a, like a five-year plan. They have players and kind of... I don't do it like that. <laughs> I don't know. Interesting. I manage with my art. Right. And it's a passion. That's the plan, is it? Yeah, basically. So uh, somebody, that, when I, before I watched that interview, somebody had summed it up, either in a tweet or on a forum, it said basically, Watford are intelligent and he's not. That's it. What's the difference between Watford and Leeds? They use their brain. So that's that's the plan. So it's seat of your pants time as ever with Nassimo. I have to say, I mean, I know we will talk about the Red Bull stuff in a minute, but this week has been quite interesting in terms of seeing how opinion... They've shifted on him a bit. I sense that people are running out of patience. Um, running out of patience is a polite way of saying tired of his bullshit, isn't it? When he does do those things of like, hey, I, I manage with my heart, I am all leads, I have a passion. In the summer, Aaron's, that's brilliant, that's exactly what we want to hear, we want to go on Massimo. Now, it is just getting to the point of like, yeah, that's great, but why have you brought the stadium back? The yeah, point, that's fine, but well, why have you sacked four managers? We've not won in eight games, and that yeah. changes things massively. It's like with Bates, the pressure would build when we had a bad run. Then oh we've been, we've oh we've been promoted because there was mm. quite in that at the end of that season the promotion season from League One there was quite a bit of pressure building on him and then we got promoted and it was like oh it's all forgotten we've yeah. gone up maybe th- maybe everything's going to be fine actually and then sure enough you have another run of games and it takes bad stuff to happen on the football pitch for people to actually look at the ownership it's because people are football fans and it's the quality of the football and the results that actually is the most direct way of communicating whether everything is working or not you can flag up all the things about the accounts and the building work and not being able to buy the stadium back and all these things that indicate something's bad's going on behind the scenes. But the only way you're going to actually communicate to the majority of the people at once that this is a bit fucked is if you are, what are we, 21st? No, no we're 17th. 17th, of course, sorry. But two points off relegation and not one in eight, that's the point where everybody goes... Actually, is it? But even then, I mean, I was thinking when you were talking about the team before, you still got a remarkable number of people saying, we've got the best team we've had in years playing better football than we have in years. We haven't won in eight. And we're 17th and two points off relegation, but there's still so many people. I think that's because people can, and I do sort of understand what people are saying. I think we've probably got more talented players than we have in years. Mm. The fact that they're set up in a ridiculous way under a succession of ever-changing managers. I think isn't helping things. Yes. It would have been easier for some of those players to adapt to the championship if they'd had somebody to tell them how to do it consistently for the last 
three months instead of Dave Hocker Day for a start. I guess, I guess what we're getting at is, is it's about stability and we don't have it. Well, we and do because Reds can't be sacked, so we're all right now. <laughs> but the danger with Chilino, as was always the case, if you go back to the summer, some of the internet arguments that took place, it was never about Chilino's intentions or his money, really. It was about his money, though, because a well, lot of people defended him by saying, this guy's got 500, 200, a billion pounds, whatever. It was a lot of money, whatever yeah. estimate you heard. But all the same, He though, will sort everything out. Remember, yes. remember, yeah. remember the first game of the World Cup, Barbo playing for Colombia. Yeah, I reckon we're going to sign him. He'll, we'll, he'll bring him from Cagliari. Money's no object because he loves Massimo. Was that not partly gonna... fueled by Eduardo as well on Instagram? Exactly. So where are all those player beginning with A coming from Cagliari I suppose it was Adrian wasn't it now we were undersold on the money I think it's, it's fair to say given what some people were saying but that, then again that was all pure guesswork but it was used at the time as justification for we know he sacks people we know he's a bit of a nutter but he will do such such he's he ran Cagliari that way because it was a Fiat everything's going to be different at Leeds because it's a Ferrari he won't have any reason to run Leeds the way he run mm. Cagliari and now it turns out that the reason he's running Leeds the way he ran Cagliari is a fucking nutcase. And so the money is irrelevant. The circumstances surrounding him are irrelevant. Whether it's Italy or England is irrelevant. It's Massimo Cellino. This is what he does. And it could be successful, possibly. Sometimes when you talk like that about Massimo Cellino, you can walk out of here and it is bonfire night and you expect them to be there with a wheelbarrow waiting to throw you on the fire. It doesn't actually mean you want him to go. You just kind of want, you want this stone to change. And you want him to change. be a bit more Watford. <laughs> yeah, a, a touch of Watford in our lives might not be too bad. Something that has been interesting this week, um, Red Bull. Now, Chilino said to Phil Hay that reports of Red Bull taking over were bullshit. He's got no interest in this, that, the other. However, he's admitted to meeting them. And it's thought that, you know, Red Bull don't do bits of sponsorship and little things here and there. They go all in. So how do you unpick this one? I smoke marijuana, but I do not inhale. <laughs> I drink Red Bull, but I do not swallow. Oh, what an image. <laughs> um, are we back to David Pegg? Um, I don't I'm not know. sure it's a choice these days. <laughs> I don't know how we, um, how we unpick it, because it's impossible to know what's going on, because Chilino immediately started lying about it and that's the only way I can really phrase it is when he said because the the first story was that he had met with Red Bull the week leading up to the Cardiff game and that is what Chilino said was bullshit and he said I meet with some guy he says he's an Asian months ago but then he disappeared it sounded a little bit when you put it like that it sounds a little bit like what Ken Bates used to say about those shadowy figures who would uh, they turn up to uh, buy Leeds United. You ask them for craft proof, Arabs. Proof, proof of, <laughs> ask them for proof of funds, and they disappear into the desert. It's a little bit like yeah. I met some guy who said he was from Red Bull months ago, but then, and then and then it becomes pretty clear. Um, he met them on Thursday. They met them on Thursday. So <laughs> so that's straight up. So you know, I I do always want to give Chilino credit, but when the first thing he says is a lie, he then doesn't... you you can't then unpick that story in any other way than saying well I don't know what's going on because um, all we know about it is we're starting from a Milanic where do you find the truth what what has he said since that is I'm not saying Leeds United these stories are 100% not true well that's what he said about not meeting them in the week so wh where do we go from here if he was just running a, a low profile business something that 
sold laptops or something, and he was telling general lies about the way the business was working. Oh, yeah, we'll buy back Ellen Road by then. We'll definitely, I promise you, we'll have it by November. Now I've no idea what Red Bull are on about. You don't seem to realise that these things are going to get brought up again. It's like yeah. over summer when he was saying... Leeds, my heart, this is my, my team. And then he went back to Italy and went, Cagliari, my heart, my team. Yeah. And it was like, well... It'll never get back to them. <laughs> but they've someone's translated it. But yeah. I said that in Italian. The English people won't surely know about that. That's the Belusky get out anyway. There's so, and there's so many places something like that can fall down. They have a meeting, so they have to book a meeting room. Somebody sees them book a meeting. Somebody is there to put the placemats out in the meeting room. Turn up one of those cars with a big can on the back. <laughs> Somebody sees the car in town. They have they have to get the Red Bull jet to Leeds Bradford Airport. It lands. The booking staff there. Oh, are you here for a business or pleasure? Oh, we're from Red Bull. We're on are you business. Are Felix Felix Baumgartner? <laughs> well, yes, I am, and I'm just here to. Uh, I'm just dropping it at Elland Road. It was like at the the very start of the first Toma, where Americans were seen giving a tour of Elland Road, and then everybody's surprised that takeover rumours start. It's like, well, people are being shown around the stadium and. So basically telling anybody who comes and asks them it's like howdy yeah we're thinking about buying the club and at, at the time by the way yes it's worth adding to this that GFH was spotted buying scarves for them in the club shop yeah, take take these guys take these so, yeah yeah. it's not exactly discreet is it uh, yeah so then to say yeah I didn't meet them on Thursday yeah you met them on Thursday and because the clamour just, you just have to say Massimo got 20 people here who basically saw you in town meeting them on Thursday. You were in mission with them that night. <laughs> you were dancing on a speaker with them. Yeah. Um, but then Red Bull have said, we can confirm that Red Bull has no plans to take over Leeds United nor take a stake in the club. Which Lies! Is, <laughs> we can confirm that Red Bull has no plans. It's not the same as saying Red Bull had no plans. The full statement may have read, and if Red Bull's lawyers are listening, I'm not implying for one second that you put this statement out. We can confirm that... Pink Bollock has no plans to take over Leeds United, but we did. But then we met Massimo Cellino and he's mental, and the whole thing seems like an absolute farce. We think it's easier just to race cars. Thanks very much. <laughs> Indeed. Which I'm glad about because we cannot stress enough that Red Bull uh, would be an absolute fucking disaster. And anyone who says that, oh, it doesn't matter, they just changed a bit of the kit, they just changed the stadium. No. Oh, they did it to a small team in Austria. No, Austria Salzburg, one of the biggest teams in Austria. And um, if you turned up in their old kit, you were no longer allowed in the stadium. If you weren't wearing Red Bull approved and endorsed clothes, you could not go and watch your football team play. And that is their attitude towards football and always has been. And I reckon always will be. There's no reason for them to change. Oh, but, you know, the, why would they be interested in Leeds? Somebody made the great point, big student population in Leeds. Fuck all the Leeds fans off and just get them, get students going and play down there. Move Leeds United, build a new stadium up at fucking Beckett's Park. Way more money. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. But you you need the, the license from the Football League, Premier League, to be able to do that. You can't start a club like that. Well, Red Bull aren't going to start like a club like that in the grassroots and build it up. There's lots of things they could do with Leeds United that will absolutely fuck us and our history. Um, and our future. So if Massimo Cellino has fucked that meeting up, well done. I for one, Massimo in. Well, speaking of fucking up meetings, it's not going so well with GFH either, is it? Well, who? They gone. Massimo bought the club off them. They're old news. Catch up, Dan. Well, look, there's a new sheriff in town. <laughs> remember? Turns out that uh, well, they haven't signed the agreement that Massimo said they'd agreed. Well, let's review. <laughs> <laughs> I get a feeling this is not going to be pretty listening. Let's review. July. I haven't got the exact dates, but he did a long interview. That was the one where the headline was, there's a new sheriff in town, says Cellino, and everyone, ha, 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 sheriff. And gro- well, grown men call themselves his deputies, yes. <laughs> but yeah, that's a lovely detail. For sake. <laughs> and on GFH, he says, yeah, we have fixed the past with GFH. That's good news because the past was pretty awful. They understand now that 25% is worth something and they understand too they have to do something there. I told them, I don't want to fight with you, but are we partners or not? They've realised that we're partners. I'll take my money, they take theirs. We start again, I'm very happy with GFH. I was ready to fight them, but they didn't want to fight because they're happy with my work. We found a way to get peace and we will work for Leeds. There is no issue. That's great. Excellent. Sounds great. That because was. up until that point, you see, the problem was that he had signed a deal when he bought the club where he bought 75% of the shares, but he needed 85% agreement of all the shareholders to basically do anything um, of any significance. This is what people are talking about when they speak of the supermajority clause that gives GFH basically the right to veto everything. It basically means it's a 50-50 partnership. Yes. And well, he sorted that. Now he's renegotiated. He's paid them some different amount of money to get rid of that clause. Everything's fine now. November, not so much. Uh, the situation is more complicated. Uh, with my partners, I was trying to get along and do a deal with them. Uh, probably around the time when he did an interview saying he'd done a deal with them, uh, but we didn't get to the solution. Let's just go back a, a minute. Um, we found a way to get peace and we'll work for Leeds. There's no issue. Uh, turns out he actually meant we were trying to get along and do a deal, but we didn't do one. Um, and we can't buy the stadium before we solve that problem. Um, I thought two months ago we found a solution. I was happy. 
I was doing interviews left, right and centre, telling everybody it was fine. But for the last two months, I've been trying to fix everything and I haven't fixed it yet. I can't take any more of it. There's no respect for me. What the fuck is going... I mean, I, he ended up sounding like Alice Cooper at one point, where he says, I can't bring poison to this club. Going well, isn't it? It's all good. So GFH still... If that agreement isn't signed to sort out the supermajority clause, Massimo Cellino can't actually do a right lot in terms of major investment finance because they have to say it's okay. And if there's no respect for him, um, then they're not going to say it's okay. As we will come on at your leisure to the uh, issue of Ross McCormack's sale. Wayne at the Beaten Generation, the one one plus side to come out of the whole GFH, Cellino fast produced an... You may remember... in the Bates area, produced some infographics showing the various layers of ownership and how different bits were owned by different parts and that, but it was offshore. He just produced one today that said, uh, <laughs> showed 75% being owned by a convicted fraudster and the other 25 by a parasitic bank. Pie chart. Fantastic yeah. work. Much simpler. Simpler times we live in, I thank uh, Massimo and GFH for delivering us to this new era. Well, yeah, we are in November now and it is stadium month and, well, it'll, we're not going to get it, are we? October was stadium month. He said we'd have it by November. Well, whether, whether that was the case or not, maybe you meant mid-November. Either way, not happening. Yeah. Gone till November. Shall we, shall we, shall we review? <laughs> uh, July, uh, the Sheriff interview again. We had a £15 million budget to buy players and we're doing that. That's good. Uh, the money from Ross is not for that. It, it's for Elland Road. Uh, McCormack's money we mustn't waste if we buy a few players more because I suddenly feel rich then I can't buy the stadium anymore no we buy the stadium I'll buy players anyway so we're going to buy the stadium in July and yes he says uh, but by November we'll buy the stadium if we have to pay cash then we will the money is there and I won't go to the city of Manchester for a mortgage I won't give them the money I prefer to pay cash because I'm Leeds 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 did he actually say that? <laughs> direct quote November not, not playing to the crowd or anything then the thing is that what's curious about it at the moment is November we can buy the stadium we are financially strong enough to buy the stadium great Let's buy the stadium, but... Dangerous. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not because of the price, but it, it is, um, it's stupid not to, to buy the stadium. So, there's quite a strong case for buying the stadium here, however, but if I do that in the situation we're in, it would be a big mistake. We can still buy it in six months' time, one month's time, three months' time, it doesn't change much. So, he's obviously learned from that whole setting of deadlines thing to be a little bit more vague here I'm disappointed he says I'm more disappointed by then I don't need to show anything to people mm, well okay difference in opinion there but it would hurt us more to buy it today it's dangerous for the club not dangerous for me we have to clean up something from the past or it's going to be poison just uh, sorry to do this to you again but let's review um, July we fixed the past Chilean says November we have to clean up something from the past or it's going to be poison running through my veins. Nobody else is worrying about that, but I'm worrying about this club. I've invested a lot of money. I want to invest more. So something like a phenomenon is preventing him from buying the stadium back. And if he did it, it would be poison. Um, and the normally when people start talking about um, terrible things from the past and poison, GFH are implicated by people with low opinions of them. Not by me. Salim's lawyers, um, and but they have responded. They responded 30 minutes before kickoff in typical uh, subtle GFH style. Oh, sorry, is there a game on? Didn't realise. Um, so we got that half an hour before kicking off against Cardiff. There is no truth to these comments. Uh, we sold the club 
to Massimo Cellino under specific terms, which he is now trying to renegotiate. Just review. Uh, July, uh, he claimed he'd nego- renegotiated all that, and that was fine. Then it gets a bit confusing. Further, he was seeking financing from GFHC to purchase the club, which GFHC was willing to consider. So it's borrowing money off someone to buy something from them. Yeah, it's like me offering to buy your house and then asking you to lend me the money to do it. I don't have a house. This deal sounds great. However, <laughs> we wanted Mr. Cellino to show commitment to his obligations under the sale agreement since he has only paid part, not all, of his obligations. So in GFH, that is GFH's way of saying, you think he bought it, he ain't. Um, and then the last part is further, GFHC agreed to the sale of Ross McCormack on that basis that Mr. Cellino would proceed with buying the stadium. GFHC is surprised that this is yet to happen. So, transparency in football is good, isn't it? Tying up one or two loose ends then. Um, nice to see Bobby Collins' way unveiled uh, next to Ellen Road. We, I, I tweeted to the effect that we need more statues. We need statues on every street corner. A line of statues like approaching the Roman Colosseum, bearing down on people, intimidating them. A park and ride road. It's nice and everything. I knew you wouldn't like it. I know. I, you know, I, I, I kind of like this sort of thing when I see it in other places and you mm. walk down the street and think, all oh, right, yeah, because that's him and all oh, right, that relates to this. Just the position of that park and ride in front of a load of wasteland, I don't know. It has obliterated my concept plan. You know, in those idle moments when you redesign Elland Road. Yeah, I I decided one day that we were going to have a new stadium on the site, but in that corner where the railway line is, and there would be an avenue of statues from where the Billy Bremner statue is now, diagonally across what is now the pitch. I like that. And uh, the Fullerton leading towards the stadium, and it could have statues on either side, and also massive fuck-off pub. Bigger than the stadium? Yeah. A really, really big pub. A street of pubs. Maybe that's it. With all statues down the middle, a pedestrianised high street with statues down the middle, and pubs lining either side. Yeah. (laughs) Shit, we we've missed a trick here, lads. This is amazing. Town planners, that's us, more or less. Tell me, parking ride costs two million quid. Apparently, it's it's a a bit of tarmac and a bus stop. What we can gather. All right, little John. (laughs) Does that not seem expensive though? I remember seeing that in the Evening Post and thinking. Two million quid. I don't know what the going rate is for tarmac, to be honest. Funny, I'll do is a. That's not a sacking siren. That's uh, that's the ad white update siren. Ad white updates. Okay, well, he's, what's the AD? hey? It's good that he's getting back to fitness. Leeds United's number eleven. We, don't forget. We mentioned last time he's coming back to full fitness, isn't he? Injury wise, he said, I am coming towards the last end of it and have started running again. Yes. Hopefully, when I'm fit, I can show what I can do. Key player, so said Dave Hockaday. It was kind of dropped into uh, some of the team news this week. Don't know the details. AD White, long term injury. Oh, for God's sake. It's a bit of a shame. We are, I mean, he's the one player who hasn't had a proper go behind the front two in this diamond and he was being lined up for that role in pre-season and Colin played in there Colin played in there so. wasn't it McDermott actually played in there no it was Colin okay well it just goes to show how many different managers have seen him as a as a potential Messi and at the moment we're being robbed of that Tavares would still be on the bench kicking his heels we'd maybe never have signed him but anyway it's a shame I, I was thinking about this about how long ago when A.D. White first burst on the scene started being brilliant when he was 16 years old and running about the place like a, a mad little ferret I wanted it to happen it still might it still might 
coming up. On the home stretch now, then we've got bottom placed Blackpool at home on Saturday. A day of celebration, new issue of the square ball, three easy points against these lot of wasters who are cut adrift at the bottom. Yeah, up yours, the Oysters. We're going to win. Yeah. If we don't win this, Moscow, go and collect your uh, your winnings on that bet. Blackpool on the 3rd of October won a game. They beat Cardiff no. 1 0. Is that really? More or more recently than our last win? Yes, it is. Bournemouth was our last, was that our last win? Yeah. We, they, we haven't won a game since. They've won every game since. I was, and I they're was, top. I was about to say, and yeah, look at Bournemouth now. But um, yeah, don't, don't, whatever you do under any circumstances, look at Bournemouth now. Yeah, so uh, well, why are we suddenly frightened of Blackpool? Because we're frightened of everyone. Ah, they got Lee Clark as manager. And, we and always... Niall Ra- Leeds United's Niall Ranger up front. Yeah, so we've really got nothing to be frightened of. That is their only win this season, is against Cardiff. My important question to you is, what are they good and bad at? Um, although If only there was some sort of internet reference that made all this stuff up. I should point out that they are actually, as we speak, beating Fulham 2-1. Um, <laughs> it's 47 minutes played. They went 2-0 up. Miller after two minutes. Murphy after 26. Not ours. Scott England's Scotty Parker has uh, pulled one back on 46 minutes. It won't last. Um, no sign. I think McCormack's suspended, isn't he? Because he got sent off. I can't see a Smith anywhere, which is a little saying. He, oh, he's on the bench. So that could be two wins in six for Blackpool. Form team in the division. <laughs> better, better form than us. Well, yes. Um who scored dot com? You want to know? Uh, what, are they, what are they making up this? There's time? Uh, the truth of the situation is that Blackpool are strong at counter attacks and at defending the lead. Um, they are very weak at finishing scoring chances, avoiding individual errors, avoiding fouling in dangerous errors. So they're going to kick us a lot. They attack down the left, is what they do. They take long shots and attempt lots of through balls. The thing about that is that um, whoscored.com also offered the information that Leeds United are very weak at defending against through ball attacks, which ah. is the one one thing that. Uh, what what does that mean? What does this mean? We're fucked. Oh, yeah. Lee Clark, tactical genius, is going to put a system. Well, he be- no, place. no, no. He he basically operates outside that sphere, doesn't he? He he, he operates a meta system. Did you see Lee Clark's um, about the galactic system <laughs> interview when he he said about dreaming of the Premiership? No, he with was, Blackpool. He was, yes, he was daring to actually suggest Blackpool may at some point with him as manager uh, win promotion to the Premiership. That's not going to happen. is it's it? It's not really going to happen, is it? Not at the minute. He'd have been better off promising they'll get them out of the division. He's looking. Well, he's on for it. Take us down with him. Yeah. Amazing that he's gone from the team that was 23rd to the team that was uh, that's 24th as well. It's all about potential though, isn't it? It's potential there. <laughs> oh, dear and he's me. got the potential to be turned into a sobbing wreck on Saturday. And we've got also the potential to be looking for a new manager on Sunday. <laughs> this isn't a prediction this time. It's just, I think, like everybody else, we, we really, 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 really need to beat Blackpool. We need a win. We, do, we need a win to we, No, we need to beat Blackpool. We can't yeah. wait for a win. I've, I've had a little bit of that from, I know he's a footballer, so Alex might be saying, shame we couldn't get the win against Charlton. Would be nice to get three points against Blackpool. No, I don't want to put pressure on anybody, but it is basically uh, win or die. High stakes game then. If, if Redders is going to have a game where he goes against Massimo and thinks, Fuck it, I'm going to pick my own formation and team. I'm going to have a dog as an assistant manager. Two. This is the game to do it, and we can win 3-4-0 against the shittiest team in the league, and he can then point to it for the rest of the season and say, look, yeah. leave me to it, Massimo. Look at that scoreline. Look at that hat-trick from your favourite, Antonucci. Look at me sitting in the dugout 
flanked by Newfoundland Terriers on a throne. The, it's the, Tell it's, me it's not working. It's the game for the unicorn, is this? Our golden hooved unicorn. Well, he's being shown up a little bit by our rat-faced... I'm just a bit mean on Moet. What, what's Moet? I did like somebody on... Um, was Don, it, Donny Scumbag. Was it Gazertoids on the uh, Squareball Forum described Tavares as champion the Wonder Horse? <laughs> that made me um, laugh a he's, lot. He's, he's, he's over that. He's, he's a unicorn. He looks great, but Moet's the one who gets results. He looks really good, but he's never in any space because of the stupid formation we play. He's always crammed in the middle of the pitch with every other player. He's not actually been tried in the, at the back of the diamond yet, has he? <laughs> it's his turn. It's, yeah. Um, after that, then, we play Blackburn away, but we are recording uh, before that, so we will no doubt preview in that one, unless some disaster befalls us. Maybe Audi will show back up, we don't know. That wouldn't be a disaster, that would be a joy. The insurance forms are in. I'd withdraw the point, yeah. The Ken Bates villain of the fortnight. This is the fortnightly award that we hand ceremoniously to somebody who's contributed to our ongoing state of misery as Leeds United fans. And Lord only knows there's plenty of misery to be a Leeds fan. Yes. Hey, why are we laughing? I don't know. We're just it's we're being jolly, aren't we? For, yeah, for purposes of humour about our misery. Right, as is customary, Ken Bates. He's our first nominee. Why? Oh, he's done well this week. What's he done now? Well, it's, it's only his video. It's all we really get to see of him. Does but... anyone actually watch these apart from Moscow? Well, no, they don't really, because we went on and it had under 200 views, and it's been out for a week. Right. So less than 200 people. Bear in mind the Yorkshire Radio staff, Radio Yorkshire. Sorry, different, um, different company. Yeah, of course. Just bear in mind their staff probably make up most of those views. They're getting paid to sit in the office refreshing that Basically, page. still no one gives a shit. Um, but he's come out with some good stuff. He's offering people to go in his hospitable box. All right. If ten people can answer a question correctly. We're not suggesting for a moment that anybody out there needs to get on this hype. Do you know what word I'm thinking here? <laughs> Sabotage. Well, the way Ken explains it, um, you can watch a game from this... Uh, the hospital box. The Radio Yorkshire hospital box that they've got as part of this evil deal that they struck with David Haig that the horrible Arabs didn't honour, but then the was let him have. And all you have to, all you have to do is answer a simple question. This is painfully accurate. And if, it's a bit quick. It's actually... Moscow's speeding this up for the <laughs> yeah, sake well, of the got podcast. To, you know, it's getting late. If, if more than ten people... Get it right. We put the names into a hat and draw them out. So basically, I mean, I know we can mock Radio Yorkshire, and we should mock Radio Yorkshire's viewing figures, 199 views, but surely they can get more than 10 people to enter a competition to watch a game at Elland Road from an executive box. However, Ken doesn't seem optimistic. It's if we get more than 10 people enter and get a simple question right, we'll have to do a draw. We'll probably have to buy the hat and we'll have lost any advantage we had from running the competition in the first place. But if you want to watch a game at Elland Road for free, there it is. There's your free tickets. Just enter that every week. and so The winners, yes, again, it's Mr. Uh, ben Fry. I think he won last week. I just sit there and watch the game every single time. And if you were, for example, to go about it mob-handed, and uh, maybe some of you were a bit tasty, and uh, <laughs> and fancied going in there perhaps as a as a gang, um, then are you, are you thinking sort of fuck shit up or FSU? Yeah. Uh, whatever, whatever you felt. Just remember to respect the dress code and the staff and your surroundings. Um, but do do take whatever banners, flags, air horns. 
inflatable bananas. I don't know. Anything to make your day out in Ken Bates's box all the better. I mean, that sounds thrilling, actually. Well, it's it's always thrill a minute with Radio Yorkshire, as you can hear in uh, presenter Anna Hodge's voice how exciting it is to be interviewing Ken Bates, let alone watching the game with him paying for you to be there. So, yes, great, great idea. Well received and thoroughly enjoyed. I'm delighted about that. Right, uh, so... Despite the fact they've had a, a lovely, <laughs> lovely day out in the box, it wasn't really that poor girl. reflected on the pitch, was it? That poor girl. To be fair, how are you meant to respond to a man in his 80s <laughs> on a 10-minute diatribe? On a diatribe, reading About a competition. It, talking in the style of a seven-year-old who's just learning to read, doing it one word at a time. We made the competition multiple choice <laughs> with 26 options so they can choose option A <laughs> option B right <laughs> thanks Ken option anyway Ken X about these crafty arms option don't salute it's arms here I think I think lots of people should enter the competitions to get into Ken's box in the name of Gary Cooper <laughs> He's bloody everywhere. Never goes to games for her. Anyway. Right, so yeah, so Ken's nominated for everything Radio Box. Should we stick blah, in blah. the bit about him claiming that the um, the East, the Elland Road was another valley parade waiting to happen, and that's his latest justification for why he spunked all the money on the stadium he rather did than what? the... Um, well, he spent all the money on the ground rather than the uh, football than team. the football team. What people don't understand is that there was uh, on the electrical side, Elland Road was another valley parade waiting to happen. So apparently, it was, the stadium was going to burn it down. Was a famous, if he didn't spend all that money. That electrical fault at Bradford City, though, which we all oh, know about. The man is he's not noted for his tact at the best of times. Yes, let's not you know use uh, Fabian Dolph. All, all that stood between us and the tragedy like what affected Bradford City was selling Fabian Delph. So just be grateful, everybody. Thank, Looking out for us. Give even more thanks to Fabian Delph that we do for the brief time that we got to spend together. So Ken's well in well in the game. And an old favourite. Uh, there's an old favourite here on the sheet, isn't there? Let's, hey. Knockers. This this I, I put his name on, on this just because I heard him on Talk Sport. He was, this is a separate interview that I've got the quotes from. But the gist is... Much the same. You might, you could probably imagine this was a, a post-game interview from any game of Neil Warnock's career. In fact, um, I didn't quite notice it as much until he took over us. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it to you, Moscow, to, to read oh, out his okay. his witterings. If, if anyone that doesn't realise the context of this as well, the Palace lost three one to Sunderland. They should have had a penalty. Fair enough. They had a man sent off, which was fair enough. They had one shot in the entire game. I think to Sunderland's nine. Um, but can you guess whose fault it was? According to Neil. This is actually, this is exceptional on the Neil Warnock The wittering scale. at the end gets particularly good. <laughs> it starts off quite mild with, uh, I, I think everybody knows it's a penalty really. I mean, the, 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 ref, the ref said he didn't see it. He's, he's in a great position. We need, a, we, just, we need that bit of luck. The only chance we have got of getting a penalty is someone uh, picking the ball up and throwing it at the referee. It's, it's so disappointing when you play so well. How, how we've lost that name, I'll never... It, how it, we've lost that game, I'll never know. One shot on target. <laughs> and... Um, it, it bewilders me, Bookings, but don't let's talk about it. What 
in the name of God does that even mean? It bewilders Get me. Get yellows, you know. Fantastic. You know, you know, you know, you FIFA, we're going to bring in them pink cards. Crazy ideas. It bewilders me. But but don't let's talk about it. We we couldn't give any more. We were brilliant. I said to them we need to make lookers. We're not going to get much luck. We're, we're at Old Trafford on Saturday and we won't get many decisions there. I'm really proud of the lads. And another night, you know, oh, decision, decisions change games. Major decisions in the, the last, last couple of weeks we have major major decisions major decisions go against us it it does feel cruel it's it, it's a cruel night I, I said to the fourth official i said how, how does it feel how does it feel when you've made a mistake and he said it hurts so there'll be there'll be one or two people hurting tonight but no more than me or my team <laughs> the man's a cretin isn't he exceptional Having heard this interview on Talksport, not that one, but it was it was very similar. Mm. Went onto um, Twitter, and just searched Warnock, and one of the first things that came up was a Palace fan saying, "Do one, Warnock. You've never been wanted at our club. You've tacti- tactically lost it for us last night. It's not the referee's fault." Has he only been there like about a week? But Seem- never wanted is a fair comment. Well, seems fair. It'll be it'll be been there before. Though. It'll be doing this as well to deflect because they're getting taken over again, aren't they? I noticed that you've hidden who scored .com's match analysis on the on the next side. So they're they're useful now to you now that they support your arguments against Neil Warnock. True. Uh, they say that uh, Neil Warnock's team showed no significant strength. <laughs> Uh, I'm really. Is it, proud. I mean, you I'm, go on there regularly. Is it ever said that before? I've not actually. It seen was just. That. It was purely the match analysis, but it kind of says Sunderland. You know, finish the chance as well. Attack down the wings. All this stuff. Crystal Palace. Nothing. I'm amazed. At no idea. I mean, I don't like to criticise whoscored.com, but really, they do need to find some way of measuring and tracking pride of pride of the lads. That showed no significant strengths. Should Lo- be lots of pride. By, yeah. Gave everything. Yeah. Unable to fault them, really. <laughs> Great bunch. <laughs> yes, strength. Great, Great bunch, bunch of lads. <laughs> Excellent. Right. Uh, speaking of managers, who's put Darko Milajanic on the sheet? Need I ask? Um, I didn't. I think actually. he was on it from last time. Yeah, he's really held over. But you know, as a parting gift, we've got to nominate him. I mean, Wolves. He had one job. Don't throw away a 1-0 lead at half-time. Anybody who kind of says, oh, Massimo's crazy, he sacks too many managers, this is the one time there is really... Darko brought it all on himself. 1-0 up at half-time. Don't fuck it up and you've got your first win. That first win could have kept him in that job for another 10 games. Said, no. So, Darko, you're nominated. You're in the hat. Who else? Referee from last night. Oh. Yeah. Um... Sorry, could you just move like five yards to your left and then say that again, please? I don't think he says it in the right place. A little bit further. This way. Oh, no, my linesman says it was a bit further over there. Oh, sorry. Could you just move back back a little bit? Oh, hold on. One of their players is injured off the pitch. I just need to invite an ambulance on. Can can the ambulance not go around the edge of the pitch? No, it's going to have to drive straight through the penalty area, I'm afraid. It's the only accessible route. Yeah, he was a twat. Oh, sorry. Could you? Is that player injured? Could you just bring him back onto the pitch for treatment, please? Was he one of those, was he? Yeah, he was an idiot. Awful. Graham Salisbury is his name. It's always bad when you know the referee's name. He's the guy who sent off Max for me, for me, really, the, the, the best referees are the ones you don't notice because you don't want to know the referee's name because, I mean, I obviously I know a lot of referees' names. Are we normally, by the way, um, related to this, are we getting um, Neil Warnock for ruining, what's that referee's name, Mark Clattenburg's night out? Oh, yeah, he was going to Ed Shearer money and then he, yeah. Warnock rang him and he got him bothered. So I'll just add that to the to the to the <laughs> list. But anyway, Mr. Salisbury. Yep, he can have it. This is a contrav one. Um Giuseppe Belushki. 
innocent until proven guilty. I don't not know why he's on this list. Joe Belushi, what's he Also, done? you've not nominated him for the racism, because you're all for well, that. No, because he's not been proven to have done that. I'm nominating for him for being a complete liability time and time again. How many goals has he cost us this season? How many times did you nominate Jason Pierce? He has scored. Jason Pierce hasn't made that many mistakes. His nickname's Jason the animal. He's scored. He's an animal. It's worth pointing Isn't out. Isn't he the warrior? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth pointing out that Jason Pierce was almost player of the season last year and put him next to Belushki. Terrible. He's, I don't know. I feel like he's not getting enough stick. I think we should. <laughs> I think we should get right on his back. <laughs> hashtag GBBT. No, lads. What is it? A hashtag GOTB. Hashtag yeah. LGBT. G-O-T-B, yeah, whatever. Um, um, right. Yeah. So Belushi. I think based on footballing reasons alone, and we've actually delved into some football chat on this podcast this time, which is a, a dabbled no- in it. A novel departure. Yeah. Fair enough. Who else? We've got to nominate um, Carlo Mazzoni. Oh. Carlo Mazzoni. Never heard of her. Um, she, he was, uh, um, he's the guy that the basically, Irish one? Um, <laughs> that Massimo Cellino basically thinks Neil Redfern is the second coming off. So, you know, when you give Massimo these chances, he had the chance when Redfern did well the first time around. He won, you know, eight games on the trot and you'd say, Massimo. Just give him the job. Ah, oh, no, but I see this handsome guy on the television. He's like, he manages in Spain or Slovenia. He's, I don't know. I think I get him. Okay. So now Redfern's in and you can say to him, why are you giving Neil Redfern the head coach's job? And he can say, well, he does a great job at uh, Academy. Uh, brings some very good players. I give him job uh, head coach. He performed very well. We win 16 games on bounce. <laughs> uh, bring best out of Moat and Bayram, he knows, he knows my good young players. I think very French. He is somebody I can look forward to. I think he could be coach here for 10 years. I give him a contract and say he can never be sacked. Sounds like and Matt you, Smith's mum. And you can sort of say, <laughs> as I speak with Matt Smith's mum, she, she says he's he nice guy, he's always nice to mature. So the sensible reasons are there. But no, instead he says, he reminds me of my first coach at Cagliari. He was a great guy. I love him. Oh, Carlo. I remember <laughs> Carlo Mazzoni. He was my great coach. He taught me a lot of things. He taught me drinking. <laughs> he taught me the prostitutes. We are a great guy. <laughs> and it's incredible. Neil could be his twin. Ah, he would look the same. He's the same guy. <laughs> He's like having my old mate Carlo back. Oh, I miss Carlo so much. So I get I get Neil, and he's like having Carlo back with me. And then when, okay. you, when you look at a picture of Neil Redfern's twin, <laughs> Carlo Mattoni, the grizzled, this, this grizzled old man, his holiday doesn't really work on the podcast because I, we can only describe it to you but before I describe it to you I can only show it to everybody this, <laughs> it's Carlo Mazzoni is that I thought that was Neil Redford <laughs> hey they could be brothers you know the, the big nose the big bald head the funny fuzzy white hair you know the big mole on his head he's like laughing and it's like ah oh, Carlo it's good to have him back I'll tell you what, I'll put a picture of him as the artwork for the podcast. Okay, because really everybody has to see just how much like Neil Redfern he looks. And you know, it's why I mean, I assume it would have been after the afternoon, afternoon lunch that he gave this. He's like, yes, Massimo, they're, they're, they're 
could barely tell them apart. Hey, you see everybody? You never met Carlo. How do you know what Carlo looks like? <laughs> well, you just said he looks exactly like Neil Redford. Yeah, but you don't know Carlo. You don't know Carlo like me. <laughs> Carlo like a father to me. <laughs> and now Redders be father to me too. <laughs> Who's having it? Did Warnock get it last time? No, or Sean Harvey. Sean Harvey. Not nominated this time. It's been quiet. Um, I kind of think Warnock needs knocking down a peg or two because since going back into the Premier League, which is, remember, the only reason he is managing Crystal Palace is so he can be on Match of the Day and Sky Sports all the time as a Premier League manager. Um, he kind of needs taking mm, down a peg or he seems two. To, as well, since becoming a Premier League manager, he seems to think it's wildly entertaining to just name players and teams. So, you know, Old Trafford... Man United, Everton, Arsenal, fantastic in it. You know, the, the, Falcao <laughs> up against him, you know, brilliant. The interview that uh, we highlighted last time with Henry Winter, where the headline was, "Yeah, Brian Clough was my hero, but Jose Mourinho, he's the, he's the next best thing. <sighs> he's my mate." How's that directly brought negativity to our lives? It hasn't. I, I want to give it to the referee because it upset me. It did not win in that game. It was only partly his. I mean, you could equally give it to Giuseppe Belusky if that's your problem. He's cost us, not, I, suppose he's cost us, I suppose he's cost us more games than the referee. Shared awards, maybe? I don't know. Mm, You've convinced me. I'm, I'm Belusky can have it. And if he's got a fucking problem with that, he can see me any day he wants outside the East Stand. Yes. We'll have a right tear up. <laughs> and he can bring his fucking dinner, as who someone once said. Uh, John Sittens. <laughs> Is anyone with me, or am I on my own fighting him? Any other business? Okay. We need to say a resounding thank you for somebody who has listened to our bullshit and actually done what we asked to, even though we didn't ask it seriously. Explain. I was, it, Gordon Mazza is the guy's name. He genuinely gave us a pound per podcast for in sponsorship for the walk because we <laughs> said, you know, if you enjoy this, it's free. Give us a few quid. And then I think it escalated to give us a pound per podcast. And someone actually did. How much was it? It was, it was 84 quid at the time. £84 pounds for that. That's, yeah. that's a good... What a gesture. Are we highlighting his generosity to praise him or to um, well, I think he bring should... shame upon the rest of our listeners? I think he should stump up the extra two quid, the type bastard. <laughs> yeah, to be fair. Also, I mean, he might do anything we want. Kill Ken Bates. <laughs> Gordon. Gordon, you know it's right. <laughs> Don't kill Ken Bates because it'll reflect badly on us. Gordon, if you do, however, if you do Unless you can really do it well. <laughs> and never get caught. If you do, Hide the body. If you do listen to this podcast backwards, Gordon, there may be a special message for you in there with some instructions. <laughs> Thank you, Gordon. However sane slash insane you may be, yes. we, we genuinely appreciate it. Last thing for this one, then, is buy our fanzine. Issue four goes on sale on Saturday against Blackpool. There's a lovely beard on the cover and... Very quickly, tell us what's in it. What is in it is a dirty great advert highlighting the fact that we've been nominated for the Football Sports Federation Award of Heavens, of the Year. we nearly forgot. Yet again, which it is, they're still persisting with it being a public vote, mm. um, which means it does kind of, well, it means we need your support even more if we're going to win because... It's a um, popularity contest, not yeah. something based on any sort of quality. So whether The shortlisting put, uh, process is based on quality. Yes, yes. and I... As, I think we should take a moment and celebrate that we are on the shortlist yet again because that means we have every single year this award has been given 
us a love supreme which is the sunderland fanzine which i sort of remember we slightly ripped off when we started up the square ball um at the start we looked to it for inspiration because we thought it was good and also united we stand which is long running respected scum fanzine we're the only three ones who've been nominated every single year i put a tweet out today said we won it in its debut year top six every year after that european places it's it's better than the leeds united have done um as you may also remember that when we did actually win that damn award, um, you, you... I did, yes. You broke it. I uh, smashed a piece of glass into a thousand million pieces, so it's like we never won at all, which isn't what we tell people, but, you know, it, there is a there is a, an award-shaped hole in our hearts like Asa Hartford. <laughs> and we need you to fill it by going to a website, and there are lots of questions. Only co- You only need to fill in one. If you're going to vote repeatedly, maybe answer some of the other ones so it doesn't look quite so obvious that you just help. And if you're going to vote repeatedly, it does log IP address. So vote at home, vote at work, vote off your mobile as long as you're not on your Wi-Fi because that might have the same. That'll have the same IP address. You've got to know your way around these things. When you go to someone else's house, get on their Wi-Fi on your phone. Vote again. <laughs> it's the only. T- it's the only chance we've got. Yeah. Buy some phones. Register SIM cards. <laughs> get yourself set up with proxy servers. Get around an internet cafe. Go around each computer in it. Vote from each one of them. Instruct your family to we vote. We really want to win. We've not done this before. We've always kind of played it cool, going like, hey, it's a public vote. Pop, pop, we're not going to get into this uh, this pissing contest. <laughs> this year, we are pissing with the best of them. <laughs> we're desperate. So we implore you. In fact, no, we instruct you yeah. to, to go to the squareball.net forward slash vote. That will then redirect you to the survey that they're doing this poll through and answer as many questions as you like. You don't have to answer them all, as Moscow said. But if you're doing it from multiple devices, it'll be quicker just to <laughs> scroll straight down to the number of question number four, tick the square ball right to the bottom, submit. Gordon Mazza, are you receiving this? <laughs> Gordon Mazza, you have your instructions. Well, our award-nominated fanzine is out on Sunday. Um, it's pound fifty. You don't really need to know what's in it. If you're not going to vote... But it's award-nominated, so you know it's going to be good. I say Sunday, I meant Saturday against Blackpool. There is, um, you know, it's 56 pages and it's it's pretty damn good. There is, if um, there's actually a lot about football in it, which is nice because, you know, we can get bogged down sometimes in all the ownership and Chilino. There is some of that, obviously, but there's some good football writing and pictures in this one. Joe Gamble has knocked it out of the park in a couple of places and the cover, uh, we let Amo do it and it's all right. Buy it now before we win an award and put the price up. Yeah, good. That'd be my advice, because I I can't see it going for less than a fiver if we win that award. So yeah, please do get on and vote for us. When does the voting close? Sunday the 16th, is it? It's the end of this month. Oh, it's it's not far away. Do it now. Do it now. Get us in a strong lead, so none of us are Darko Milanich, we won't throw it away. You've got plenty of time to switch your router off and on again so you get a new IP address. (laughs) Right then. And I booked the month off work. <laughs> in true radio fashion, I will leave you with the most important message. So, bye from me uh, and Michael. Hi. And Moscow. Yep, yeah, is the most important message find Oddie? No, find Oddie and then go online at thesquareball.net forward slash vote. The Squareball Podcast. <laughs>